0: Booker talk. Booker talk. I think we're just going to uh, skip and go right to Parshat Nitzavim uh, We have to finish off the idea from yesterday what was, How did I begin the idea yesterday? What was the, what was the intro? The intro was that in Parshat Kitavo We have all of these curses But if you look at the reason that Moshe gives for the curse Compared to the reason that he gives for the curses in Parshat Bechukotai It's very different we said actually that the Ramban says this isn't even the same curses. The one in the Chukotai, according to the Ramban, is referring to the destruction of yeah. Bait Rishon, the first temple. But the second set of curses that Moshe says in Deuteronomy, in Parcha Kittavo, it's still, it's a second, we're still in we're the still middle in of. We're wow. still in the middle of. It's from the destruction of the second temple. Therefore, what is the textual difference between the two Between the two, uh uh, sets of curses. In the first set of curses, it's because you rejected God, Otimasu. You rejected God, and it's an act of rebellion against the principles of the Torah. But in this set of curses, it is the reason we said that that all of the curses befall Bnei Israel or because Tachat Tuv Levav Merov Kol, because you did not serve God with happiness. And a good heart, for what reason? Merov kol, from the abundance of everything. Meaning that the 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 curses that befall us here are not due to an active rebellion, but because we did not take the Torah seriously enough, we did not serve with serve God with joy, and because we let our abundance get to our heads. The end is Gaba. I found the daily connection. Ah, yeah. Hashem give us everything. Everything is
1: beautiful. The streets are clean. You have food. You have this. You have that. Parmesan. Everything. And we didn't.
0: Now I'll tell you why this is a very deep idea. Is it
1: really Gaba? When it's
0: a fine line. No, I, I don't. I don't know if it's Gaba because I'm not thinking of it as a personal thing. I'm thinking about it as a national thing. I'm thinking of it as like, um, you know. I always like to compare it to the US Because I think what what we're experiencing today in America Is a a fascinating example of the Torah's wisdom coming to life You know We have so much There's so much abundance in this country But what happens when there is so much abundance People forget God They forget their basic values They take their marriages less seriously Because you know they start to see in the market what's out there, and if your mindset is a is a you if your mindset is a market mindset of let me pursue what's best out there in the market, then I might as well try a different woman, or who needs this family? Let me go make Let me go do something. All of the the core principles of that that made our society good can slowly erode if. People get carried away with their luxuries, and they do not use the luxuries as a means of strengthening the culture. Now, what was the word we used to describe B'nai Israel's attempt to use their luxury to strengthen the culture? What was the, the idea? What was, how did B'nai Israel avoid this pitfall, this pitfall that affects every nation? All of the Matanot the kyuna And the Bikurim And the Matanot The, and the, and the, the, the oh, gift to the Levim to the And the gift to the Aniyim All of those Masrot that we give We said those Are the brilliant idea That the Torah sets forth For preservation of our society Because if not For the Using the luxury As a means of building Into a stronger society The luxury Slowly, slowly Eats at the core of the society And that's this malaise, this slow death of society, starts to set on. Now, what was the word we used to describe that mitzvah of bringing all of these gifts to the Beta Mikdash with the Levi and with the Ani? How do we describe it? We had to do it in happiness. Yes, we exactly. Have to, uh, you have to come exactly. Exactly. There and jo- and and you will be joyful. You and the Levi and the, the proselyte that's in your midst. And the
1: orphan and the widow.
0: So when our part tells us that because you did not serve Hashem with simcha, what is the hint? We didn't do this. The hint is, it's not that you rebelled against boreolam and started doing averot with a, with an intensity. It's because you didn't realize. That if you do not pre- appreciate God and serve Him with joy, meaning if you do not include all of the poor in your simcha, if you do not do the things, the mitzvot that I told you you have to do, then those are the mitzvot that are going to preserve your society in the first place.
1: So, how is this not being done on a national level? Meaning they were allowing the poor to participate, but they were making them like a little separate section in the back? Or uh, how are how, how, how you doing how you, how Oh, and do you? by cheni? I'm saying is the concept of Bismcha as a nation. How 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 does that how is that applied?
0: Um, I'll give you an example. In the book of Yirmiyahu, there is a a portion in which Yirmiyahu goes to the people and he says, "Excuse me, all of you wealthy landlords, you have all of these slaves, these Jewish slaves. You've had them for more than six years. Why are you not letting them go free with gifts?" Why aren't you letting them have their... their what happened to it, the, the beauty of the Jewish society in which we do not let people stay slaves forever? What happens to the idea of rehabilitating the slave? That's
1: already a halacha, no?
0: Wait, so then, yeah, it's a halakha. The people were keeping it. So then Yirmiya goes to them and he says, this is not good. Hashem is going to punish all of you. So then what did the people do? They said, okay, we're going to release our slaves. So they released their slaves. Good? So why did we get destroyed? Because right after they released their slaves, mm-hmm. capture them they captured them again. Yes. They said, Ah, your Meow came to us and told us the halacha, we have to release our slaves. So let's go, we'll release our slaves and L- capture them again. Loophole Judaism, right? Which is what we're So that would be an example of of the basic Torah principle of serving God Bismcha, meaning with joy of other people being at our table. That one people weren't keeping, clearly, in Bayechini. And it's something that... And what I want to stress is that it's not only am Israel. The world. It's Whoa. the whole world. Every single nation needs this. Every single nation needs this wisdom. Every single nation will fall if they if the wealth of their society gets to them and, and starts to eat away at their society. But that seems to be the stress of this of this portion. It's not an act of rebellion against God. It's the forgetting of God.
1: And just trying to fulfill everything but... You could... Minimum through loopholes? That not, what, that
0: not, no, no, no. It's, it's not realizing. It's the whole story of, it's of the, biggest, the book of Devarim. It's, it's the bigger picture of, of you have all of this wealth. Are you going to... Is the wealth going to cause you to forget God? Because when you were poor, every day you went mm-hmm. to Kenisa asking God for Parnasah so You could find your next meal. Right? So you passed the test of poverty. You turn to Hashem when you were poor... Are you
1: passing the test of... Are you interest? passing the test wow. of wealth?
0: The test of wealth is the bigger test. It's
1: wow. as simple as... Uh, on, you know...
0: Yeah. Like,
1: it's as simple You're starving, as that. you starving You take your food for granted. You don't It's it. so
0: easy to remember... Barakha But how many people say... Barakha Akronah"? Akronah? is a difficult one. But yeah. Barakha According to this... Is a more important one. Because if we don't have... Barakha Akronah... And we forget God and we let our wealth cause us, and our comfort cause us to forget God, then you know what you know what else happens when we forget God because of our comfort? We forget God when it comes to our honor and our family, our respect and our dignity, and our, and our uh, faithfulness to our wives, our faithfulness to our family, our faithfulness to our brother, our Levi, the Ger. All of the things that make the society good are dependent on the people having an awareness of God. And if the goodness that they have cause them to forget all of that, then as I always say, the society may look like it's good for a few maybe even decades. You'll be, you know, riding on the 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 energy, on the inertia of the previous society when people did remember God. But you're driving on empty. You know, you're going and you're just uh, that's what's happening in this you're you're coasting it's but going, driving on empty. Okay. It's in, I mean between Europe and America. That's that's what I think if you study the Sefer Devarim carefully, the political analysis of the Europe and, and the USA is is you know it's very very. Uh, I think that's the conclusion you come to. We seem to be much driving much. on empty. It's giving back too much. What? Oh oh, like when we leave uh, sixty five billion dollars of military equipment for yeah, people that want to kill us? Oh, 85. Oh, eighty I'm five. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. So so that's the oh, the idea now, from yesterday wow. it's it's uh, rabbi Sachs's idea i I, really? I wish I could wow. I mean thank God for Rabbi Sachs oh, wow. let's see anything else uh no let's I recommend you listen to last year's Sunday shoot on Kitavo because there's also a very important analysis we were there of uh yeah yeah you're in the you guys are in the shoot uh there was an important yeah. an, analysis yeah, yeah yeah, yeah we've done a full cycle already oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, by the way, Hashem, For anybody who's listening, um, we, I, I hope. I hope we're going to finish the Torah, obviously, very soon in the next three, four weeks. Yeah. So I hope during the holiday season to potentially do a siyum. like a nice siyum, not yes. something like a. a I think we earned it. We earned it. We did the whole Torah together. It's, it's a it's in a wonderful accomplishment. What's we simchat, studied it. We studied it in depth. In in depth. What? Yeah, kind of sukkah. like a simchat bet hashoah. Something. The problem is there's no cholam wed this year. Maybe it would have to be a Saturday night or something. I don't know how we do it. Okay. <laughs> we can do it in the morning. Yeah, we may do it in the morning. Okay, uh, let's go. Chapter twenty-nine. Chapter twenty-nine. Exactly. The end of the thing. These are the words of the covenant that God told Moshe to establish with Bnei Sal in the land of Moab. And this is besides for the covenant that He established with them at Chorev. Now, what is the covenant that He established with them at Chorev? First of all, what is Chorev? Chorev is another name from Mount Sinai. Yes. Okay, So these are the words of the covenant so that God established with Bnei Israel. Besides for the covenant, He established with them at Chorev. Which is with the Ten Commandments. So, so what, right? is, what is the covenant? I'm not sure. So according to the, to the Hurt Sumash, He says something else. It's very interesting. So what happened at Harsinai? We got the Torah, the Ten Commandments. Not the Torah. We got the Ten Commandments. We got the, the, the laws of Mishpatim the basic civil laws that were very important and relevant to society in the desert specifically. Yes. We, got, uh, we did a, a covenant where Moshe said, uh, are you committed? And he says, yes. So they accepted the Sefer HaBerit, which seems to have been what? Sefer HaBerit seems to have been the, the book that contained the preliminary Torah, like the books, the, the laws of Mishpatim and the Ten Commandments. So they made their covenant on that. And then we did the Chita Egel, which is a side thing. We spoke about the the um, we spoke about the Mishkan, the construction of the Mishkan, yes. which was tied to the Chita Egel. But then conclu- the conclusion of the Har Sinai experience was the Berit of Bechukotai, the, the law, the punishments, the blessings, and the curses from the of Bechukotai, which I just referenced in the Devar Torah. So between. The Birit, the covenant that they established when they accepted the ha Birit, which was in Assevanishma, that's one potential birit, or the blessings and the curses, which is also called a birit. Both of those happened at Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. So when it says these are the words of the Birit that Moshe is so going back to it's that Moshe established at besides for the covenant that he already did at Mount Sinai. It could either be referring to the first covenant in which they accepted the Sefer Haberit, which is that preliminary Torah that Seven Nishma, or it could be referring to the blessings and the curses stated in the Bechukotai, Meaning, according to the Hertz Chumash, Aliyah is referring back to the blessings and the curses, and he's saying these blessings and curses are words of covenant between God and the Jewish people. Covenant meaning meaning that if you do good,
1: you get good. If you if do you get bad, yeah,
0: exactly. If you do bad, you get bad. These, this is the covenant that he made, besides for that same, a very similar covenant which we had made in Parsha B'chukotai when they were still at Mount Sinai. So that would be like the Peshat of the Psukim, I think, according to the first I think it makes correct. a lot of sense. Yes. Okay? No. Next. Now, Moshe, what is Moshe going to be doing? Let's begin a little bit, Parsha Nitzavim. What is Moshe going to be doing for the next Parashah? From now Until the next parashah So Moshe Just went to the people And he told them That You have to establish a covenant What is the covenant going to look like? You're going to take stones You're going to write the Torah on stones You're going to go on Mount Gerizim Mount Eval You're going to announce the blessings and the curses Then there's a separate set of blessings and curses That you should know That could befall you You have to accept these Do you accept these? People have to say Yes now, Moshe is going through all these covenants. One of them is just a, a verbal covenant of the curses and blessings. And one of them is something they're going to have to do later. But now, for the next parasha, he's going to encourage them to accept the covenant. and, yes, to, to, and to They're standing here, make this covenant, bring it upon your heart, and accept the covenant. Because your lives and your success in the land that we're about to enter are going to, are, be, go- are going to be dependent on the covenant that we are speaking, that we spoke about in Parashat Kitavo. So, meaning Parashat Nitzavim seems to be, and I've been struggling with this, but I think this is a conclusion I've come to. Parashat Nitzavim seems to be Moshe's warning for, for B'nai Israel, saying all of the covenants that we just did in Parashat Kitavo, make sure to keep them and be careful with them because... Uh, those are going to be the, the those are going to be your source of life.
1: Choose life. Choose
0: life. Choose, life.
1: choose,
0: choose, the, covenant. Yes.
1: choose the covenant. Choose. It's like yes. Moshe's
0: own plea with Bneissa, like I Please. just I just told you a bunch of important things. And I know we established a covenant, but I'm saying it from the bottom of my heart. Please choose to keep the covenant because it's essential to your well being. Okay? So by Kramoshe's warning
1: them big time this is a generational process. Every generation be through this process. No,
0: we're going to see in Pashat Nitzavim he's going to address a generational issue. We already accepted Hashem's Torah. Yeah. Yeah. Accepting the covenant, okay, but more, in more detail, basically. That's what it is, right? Am I missing it? Oh, 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 oh. For, for sure, between the, the first generation that already accepted the covenant at Har Sinai and the second generation that's accepting it now, I believe it was necessary to have it twice.
1: That's what's happening.
0: That's what's right. happening. It's a, it's a, in this case, it is a generational thing. We have the first generation accepting the first covenant of the okay. Sefer HaBerit, and the second generation is accepting the second covenant, which is on the, as they're about to enter Israel, and they're really going to ratify that covenant when they actually enter the land, when they go on Mount Tunisia and Mount Eva. Now, why is that necessary? A, because the first generation messed up. And they and all nobody, died. Nobody,
1: uh? nobody in this second generation was actually there in
0: Mitzrayim to see. I no, they all. This is said. This is a new generation. So meaning, the way he's, he's talking to the
1: second generation is probably the same way he's talking
0: to us. In, in a way, it's much closer. At least, it's much closer to us than it would be to the, you know, to than, than how we was speaking to that first generation. You know, the, but what Steve is saying is correct. There's a generational thing, and that's because probably because a. The, the first covenant that we made in the book, in Parashat Mishpatim, if you look at the end of Parashat Mishpatim, was on the Sefer HaBerit, and that was a preliminary Torah. But over the course of a time in the desert, if you remember, like, it, yeah, throughout Sefer, so the book of B'midbar, yeah. we kept adding mitzvot yes. into the puzzle, yes. and then even in the book of Devarim, we added a lot of mitzvot that we had only heard because they were only relevant to Am Yisrael as they're entering the land. Correct. So the ratf- the second ratification is more... Now that you have the complete Torah, let's ratify the covenant on that complete Torah, which could be the idea behind writing the Torah on stones that we saw in Parashat Kitavo. When we saw the first covenant, we only wrote the Ten Commandments on stones. And then we had a scroll called the Sefer Abirit, which took down some of the laws of the civil laws that were in the Parashat Mishpatim. But now the Torah is much expanded. We've learned plenty of things, and we've also learned a whole new set of laws that only apply to us now that we're going into the land. So, what? Our our, our previous covenant doesn't apply on the new stuff. So, they ratify a new covenant so it encompasses all of the new things as well. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, so so that's why the. Now, is this something that's going to happen, going to have to happen every year, or every generation? No. It's once you've gotten the complete Torah and you're settling in your land and you've reached the pinnacle of success as a society, you make the covenant, and it lasts forever. Because in that case, you have all of the tools. We have all of the tools. The Torah that we have now is Torah Talonayi Tamimah. It's a complete Torah. But so it has to be studied generationally. Every
1: it's generation is studied. It, it gets studied, enhanced and, and, it's and, expanded. and expanded. Yeah, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. So, so let's look... There is still... I mean, In the Alakha, part, Alakha... Yeah, so we're going response. to stop
0: there. We're going to finish Perek and uh, and uh, start... We're going to finish Kitavo and start Nitzavim tomorrow, but that's the approach I want to take the Parsha Nitzavim. It's all of the things that we said right now. A new covenant with that's more inclusive of everything. Uh, it's complete. It'll be the guide for us to succeed in our in our lives. This is Moshe's final plea that they take this covenant very very seriously before he passes away. Okay. Baruch Adonai. Amen. Amen.